Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hook up rolls on hour two of our five-hour Monday conversation. It's a busy one, a lot of NFL. We're down to the final four now, and yes, of course, it includes Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, six straight years. Of course, it doesn't include the uh, Houston franchise or the Cowboys for another year. It's been a while. Uh, it does include a, an upstart. And the Detroit Lions, first time in 32 years for that franchise into the championship weekend. It also includes the two top seeds and favorites, the 49ers by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin, Rod, mm. on Saturday night, and the Ravens oh, dominated man. the Texans. Dominated. Well, it was good for that, that first half. It was good. Yeah, they could have went into the halftime with a lead, actually. They missed that field goal. They did. They did. Yeah. Uh, Kaimi Fairbairn, yeah, uh, on a cold day in Baltimore. Uh, but a lot of good stuff over the weekend. Nothing better than uh, we'll get more of this coming up but at the turn at 830, Rod. But uh, Nick Dunlap is a name to get to know. Nick Dunlap is a 20-year-old sophomore at Alabama. Really? 20-year-old sophomore. Um, he, he's just a kid, Rod. And he showed up in uh, Palm Springs over the weekend uh, on a sponsor's exemption and won the whole damn thing against a stacked field of the best players in golf. Uh, How old is this? He's tw- what's that? How old is he? Twenty. Twenty. Wow. Yeah, he's an amateur. I don't even know to drink yet. No, he's not. <laughs> uh, and yeah, he is. Uh, he is your winner at the uh, American Express Championship. Um, you know, Sam Burns, Justin Thomas. I mean, he's playing with Justin Thomas yesterday. Justin Thomas went to Alabama, so he knows the kid well. Um, but how about this, Rod? He, he is the first amateur to win a PGA Tour event since Phil Mickelson in 1991. This is something Tiger Woods didn't do. But like Tiger Woods, Nick Dunlap won the junior amateur championship and the in college he won the national amateur last year at Alabama. So he did that. Uh, you know, Tiger Woods did that as well, won the junior and the, uh, the, the national amateur, and now wins a tour event well, as an amateur, which is Phil Mickelson did it in 91. But the last time it was done – was 70 years ago in the 50s before Phil Mickelson did it. Wow. No, actually, no, Scott Verplank did it. And so, the, so it's only the third time since the 50s that an amateur has won a PGA Tour event. And uh, he's the youngest at 20 years old to do it since 1910, 113 years ago. So pretty awesome. Unicorn of an outlier of a situation there. But how about this, Rod? Since he's an amateur, even with NIL, he doesn't get the money. Wow. <laughs> he doesn't get the check. Well, because, yeah. Man, he so what, is, what, is, what happens to the check? It goes to second place. Oh. The second place golfer gets the one point five million. How about him? Does he owe? How much of that does he have to slide? Slide Nick Dunlap's way at some point. I mean, he's not allowed to by NCAA rules. But yeah, Christian Bezudenhout will get the one point five million. Oh, he should. Man, can he gift some of that to the? I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. Nick Dunlap can't take any of it now. Can he get? Like, can I just give it to? Like, hey man, I'm giving. I'm gifting it to him. I'm gifting some of it to him. Bazudenholt. Can I buy him a gift or something? Can I do something for him? A car or something? I don't know. Do something, man. Buy some. You should. You should do something classy and buy him a nice watch or something. Can you do that? I think the kid's gonna be okay, but that's 1.5 mil. That uh, buy him a nice watch, like man, you can pawn this. Because if, <laughs> if Nick Dunlap were able to take the check, and Christian Bazudenholt oh. would have gotten six hundred thirty-five thousand. Come on, okay, so that's the difference. All right, it's about so a million about, bucks. Okay, it's about a million right. dollar difference. Okay, so he should he should buy something nice for him, but I don't know what you could buy. They need to go make up the difference, but still, he should do something. That should be a gesture, man. That's crazy. And before we get to the headlines, can I play this? Wow. Ty, can you can you have the uh, so his teammates at Alabama were sitting around a TV back in Tuscaloosa watching this. This is their teammate. This is their dude, right? He's out there beating the Man. best players in the world. 
And uh, could you have this tie when he rolled in the par? He had to make a par on 18 to avoid um, you know, a playoff with Mr. Bazudenholt. Uh, and he had to make this putt. Do we have the, uh, the sound of this tie when, uh, when he makes it and his teammates back in Tuscaloosa? Jubilation. That is awesome. You know what's really cool? He wow. started the day with the lead, so he had to play with that pressure the whole time. Well, like he came out of nowhere. He, he was the 54-hole leader and had to play 18 holes with Justin Thomas Pretty and remarkable. deal with the pressure yeah. and did it. This kid's going to be really, really special. He'll probably turn professional. He's not going to go back and play college golf now, is he? No. <laughs> no, he's going to turn pro. No, no. Now you get the hot name now, too. Because now he's got it. Sponsorships will be he's all He's to play in all these exemptions and yeah. tournaments. And no, yeah, no. I would imagine we'll hear Nick Dunlap uh, turning professional this yeah. week. Do that. Start getting, pay, start getting paid for reps. And on, start getting paid for them reps, son. His third round on Saturday, right? He shot a 60. Yeah, which, and, you, and, now you, <laughs> and now you're on the heater. God. How long does it take for you? You have to wait for the next season to turn pro? Like no, how? he turned pro immediately. You can turn pro immediately. Yeah, he's got to drop out of school. Just, okay. Well, that, we don't <laughs> encourage dropping out of school. But sometimes, kids, it's what's best for your career. And you got some people have some exceptions to the rule. And he's the exception to the rule. Usually you don't drop out of school, though. But yes. yes. So the first the since kids. Phil Mickelson in 91, the youngest since 1910. Yeah. Yeah, Time to go pro. Yeah, well, you're pro. in school to find a career. The young man's found his career. Boom. Some of you just find it earlier than others. <laughs> now, the coach at Alabama's be like, oh, dang, just lost my best player. But he'll, he'll appreciate what that – the decision oh, is not hard to make. At but this it's going to help you recruit other golfers, right? That guy's going to be out there representing. Yeah, Coach, I don't need the practice anymore. I think I got this thing. I, I need to make my way. Hey, let's get to the other top stories and headlines on a busy Monday. Rod's got a rant, the first of two this morning. We'll get to that. Let's get to the news, though. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories. We'll start in the NFL Championship Sunday. Course is set coming out of divisional playoff weekend. Double headers on Saturday and Sunday. Back on Saturday, top seed of Baltimore ended the Houston Texans upstart season with a dominating 34 to 10 win. Just 10 10 at the half, but 24 nothing in the second half. And Baltimore advances on Saturday night. Top seed of San Francisco in the NFC had to hold on or actually rally for a 24 21 win, then hold on. It was a Brock Purdy leading them on a touchdown drive in the late stages of the fourth quarter to take the lead, then an interception for Drake Greenlaw, and they get the victory there. Then yesterday, Jared Goff threw a couple of touchdown passes. Detroit uh, beats Tampa 31-23. The long-suffering Lions are into the NFC Championship game for the first time in 32 years and just the second time in franchise history. Fourth and final spot, of course, claimed by Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. They're going back to the Final Four for the sixth consecutive year. Uh, they win in Buffalo 27-24. Uh, for the Bills, uh, they, another agonizing loss. Tyler Bass, their kicker, missed a potential game-tying field goal right right from 44 yards, and they fall to the Chiefs in the divisional round for the third time in the last four seasons. So coming up this Sunday, Kansas City will travel to Baltimore in the early game, about 2 o'clock. That game is the AFC Championship game. Then San Francisco hosting Detroit in the nightcap uh, in the NFC. Winners will meet in the Super Bowl. Texas football, Longhorns hosted a big junior day recruiting event on Saturday. It's already paying dividends for the program. On Saturday, Longhorns received a verbal commitment from 2026 Alito running back Racine Guillory Jr. He helped lead Alito uh, to a 12th state title this year as a sophomore. Then yesterday, a big pledge from 2025 Texarkana Pleasant Grove defensive lineman Lance Jackson. Texas also welcomed another transfer portal possibility uh, when defensive tackle Tia Iola, oh, 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 see if I can say this, Tia Oala, 
Savea visited over the weekend. 6'4", 305-pounder, entered the NCAA transfer portal on Friday after the recent departure of Arizona's head coach, Jed Fish. Of course, he has a close relationship with the current linebacker, new co-defense coordinator linebacker, coach Johnny Nansen. Uh, he recruited Savea out of high school. College Hoops, absolute parody of the Big 12 on full display this past week. Longhorns, of course, blew that 16-point lead and lost to Central Florida. Uh, 77-71, a tough loss there, but they rebounded in a big way on Saturday at Moody Center, taking down ninth-ranked Baylor 75-73 on a coast-to-coast buzzer-beating layup by Tyrese Hunter. And then on, also on Saturday, Texas women uh, secured another victory. They went to Stillwater and beat Oklahoma State 77-66. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Yeah, we'll talk about the uh, Texans uh, and their loss and talk about really just Lamar Jackson and the Ravens in Rod's rant of the day. Um, but uh, the other games in Division 8 did not disappoint, by the way. You said your favorite round was the divisional round, and that was, that was a great game. You had blowouts in the wild card round. You had some upsets, but blowouts. Um, the only upset here was the Chiefs. I guess technically that's an upset, even though quarterback kind of thought it'd be a coin flip game either way uh, but you're right about the stat. I mean they it came down to the wire I mean the field goal kicker kept I was upset because I, I was expecting overtime I know I was getting ready for overtime I was like oh man a little bit more football I was like all right you know what a little overtime is gonna be good and then uh, a little disappointing that we didn't get the overtime uh but it it is amazing though and you kind of brought some of the stats uh last hour about Patrick Mahomes to go to six straight AFC title games I mean this is the greatest start to a career maybe in sports history Major American pro sports oh, history. I mean, it's one thing it's to say be, six right? in a row, but he's gone every year. He's been the starting quarterback. He's gone exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, he, who who knows? I mean, who knows how many he'll go to? I mean, this is just where he goes. And if you're the Buffalo Bills, this is now your task. If you're going to keep the if you're going to keep the group together, keep the band together. Even though I I say you got to change something even more drastic. Even though you changed the OC, your your head coach is now calling the defensive plays. You'll be on the seventh year, basically, if you keep everything together of head coach and quarterback together. You're close. Uh, and even this year, you started, what, in week 12, and you've basically been in playoff mode since week 12. Hottest team in the in the league. Finally got the Patrick Mahomes, you know, road playoff game. He hadn't played on the road, so you got him on the road. You got him at home. And he's still – you just came up short. So I don't know where they go from here, I will admit. And we talked about that earlier. I don't know what their move is. Um, I also don't think the Chiefs are good enough to beat the Ravens. So I also would be shocked if that doesn't end up being um, a game that's won um, in a decided fashion pretty quickly by the Ravens. I just think they outmatched the the Chiefs. They do. They're you know the number one scoring defense in the league. So I mean they don't give up a lot of points and they score a lot of points. And the best QB in the league right now. It is well he's gonna win the MVP. I'll just yeah, say I don't know if you call him the is. best QB in the league, but he's gonna win the MVP this year. And that out. offense with Todd Monken coming in there just really really hard to get off the field. I mean Houston I thought you know they didn't have a, a good plan for Lamar Jackson's legs or at least they didn't execute the plan they had. And you know just all too often he got loose. It's just and, tough. It, it is really tough. is Very hard, tough. man. It's it's hard. I, I it's talked really to, hard. I, I actually like the game plan defensively. I really did. I talked about it last week. When he drops back the pass, you almost want him just handing off the football as much as you can. Yeah. You would love that because the ball out of his hands is a win for the defense in any way. Um, because it, it, even if it's, a, if it's a quick pass, that's why the the game plan by, you know, we'll get into the Raj round today actually, 
Um, but the game plan I agreed with because it was similar to what I suggested they do last week. Get the ball out of his head and blitz him so you don't have to defend three plays in one when he drops back. You defend the initial play, you defend the scramble drill, and then defend him actually becoming a runner. You don't want to defend all those three plays. You blitz him, he has to make a declaration really quickly, and either he's going to get rid of the football or he's going to run. And you're right. Once they did run, they didn't – I mean, it's hard to – in the open field, he's a menace. <laughs> I mean, that's just – in the open field, it, I mean, he's one of the most dangerous, if not the most dangerous player in the NFL in the open field too when he becomes a runner. So that ain't – that's not ideal. Yeah, so it, it does favor <laughs> the Ravens being at home and early weather forecasts show rain and uh, maybe some precipitation. Not freezing rain, but uh, we'll see. That's a week away now all the way on Sunday. It's the early game since it's Eastern time zone. And then the Niners will host the Lions in the NFC game that evening. A couple of really good games. It's one and the three, you know, the one seeds against the three seeds. Because as I said off the top, I mean, it feels like Buffalo is the AFC's version of the Cowboys. You know, the, both, the, lost at both home. were two seeds, both lost at home, both can't get over a hump uh, in January. And they're both kind of at a crossroads. Okay, what do we do now? What's the next step? We, we kind of are what we are. And how do we fix it? Uh, I don't think Buffalo has a good answer for it. Um, both teams think they have their quarterback, but in big moments, because you know, as disappointed as it was for Tyler Bass not to make that field goal so we get overtime, I was pretty disappointed in, in Josh Allen yeah. on the second and third down plays coming out of the two-minute warning. It's like, look, don't, don't settle for a kick here. Go win this game. You, you have this in your, in, your, in your control. This, this is what you've wanted. Mm-hmm. Two minutes to play. Ball at the 30-yard line. You have timeouts. You have a chance to go and not give this ball back to Patrick Mahomes. And instead, he threw two incompletions. They, ran, they handed it off to James Cook on first down, got, a, got two yards. But then on a drop back on second down, he tried to throw the shot, the post route to Shakur, Shakir in the end zone. Yep. He, had tra- tra- he had Stephon Diggs crossing wide open for who knows what game. It would, it would have been a first down. No one covered him. Uh, and, you know, those are plays you got to make right there. In I mean, clutch. Yep. Because you don't need a touchdown right there. Because if you score a touchdown, you're giving Patrick Mahomes a minute and 45 seconds. Take the underneath route on both occasions and work this clock, get this ball in the end zone. If you do have to kick a field goal, don't leave any time on the clock and, and you know, make it as short a field goal as possible. I didn't like Josh Allen's handling of that. I thought he played a pretty good ball game last night. But in that moment, after they got the fortune, good fortune of the, the fumble out of bounds in the end zone, the oh. good fortune of the fumble that they recovered oh, that man. looked like it was going to be the end of the game, uh, I, I just thought Josh Allen came up small in, the, in those yeah. last couple of throws that you just – that's how you got to beat Patrick Mahomes. He means Michael Jordan. Yeah. you got to execute right there. you got to out-clutch. The, yes. the most clutch player arguably in the league <laughs> and by the in way, that though, moment. And by the way, the post route to Shakur was open. He just underthrew it. Yeah. Kind of threw it at his feet. Now, I know right he had to throw that. it over a lot. I mean, it was a tougher throw than it looks like. But at the same time, I don't even know why you're trying to score a touchdown there. There's a minute and 45. You know who you're playing, right? I don't, I'm not saying don't score when you can score, but why do you want to score and leave that guy two minutes? No, you don't. In your own, I mean, you control this game right now with under two minutes to play. And, I mean, I don't know. That, at that, home. At home. At home. <laughs> um, that one will that one will stick. I mean, with he, some, what some people say is a better team. And some people think that Buffalo Bills are a better team. Well, I, they they they're right there. But that's you know again, close only matters in horseshoes and hand grenades, Rod. You're close as kind of like the Cowboys. You're close, but really, how close are you? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. I don't for the I don't. Both of them have different tasks right now. But I think for there's more clarity with the Bills, even though they are extending, trying to extend this window as much as possible. They got to do one thing. They got to beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. Because everything else they've pretty much figured out, figured out how to win a division. They figured out, you know, that, hell, they can they, – this is a team that when they, when they had to win games to just keep themselves in the postseason hunt, they, they became the hottest team in the league. Yep. 
And they beat the Chiefs. And they beat the Chiefs. Yeah. He's got Arrowhead. So, but in the regular season. So, they got to beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. So, the Cowboys, um, I think they're, I don't know, their issues are less clear or less certain. I'm not sure exactly what they are. I'm not sure. They claim to be close, but uh, the evidence would indicate you have to actually win playoff games to be close. Win them. Your quarterback can't be two and five in seven postseason games. And yeah, you're not really close at that point. If you're going to stick with that quarterback, which you're locked into him for a big number this year, uh, yeah. So, but Bill Buffalo Dallas kind of in the in no, the same right. spot. I agree with you on uh, that. They're, they're right there. They're really a good team, both of them. But man, uh, quarterback good really enough. good, but not good enough. Not good enough. And so you know, I think Josh Allen's a little bit the Dak Prescott parallel. All right, let's uh, go ahead and dive into Rod's rant. He does them twice each morning. Let's hit it. Rod's Rant of the Day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, let's talk about the Texans' loss to the Ravens. And the Ravens dominate the second half. The Texans just were at a uh, severe talent disadvantage, and I think that uh, ended up showing itself, especially in the second half down the stretch. And the Lamar Jackson uh, halftime speech apparently was pretty powerful. We We had some sounds, some guys talking about how powerful it was, and we'll hear that later on when who said that. Uh, But let's talk about the schematic adjustments by, or at least the game plan by D'Amico Ryans. Last week, I said, man, I think you got to blitz Lamar Jackson. You just can't allow Lamar Jackson to sit back there. When he drops back, you're going to have hell to pay if you have to defend those three plays in one that I discussed. Defending the initial play, defending the scramble drill once he extends the play, and then defending him as a runner. Uh, and he's elite in all of those areas. He's one of the best pocket-passing quarterbacks in the league. He's really good when he has to – he's probably the best in the league when it comes to extending a play in the scramble drill, especially now that he has wide receivers. And in the open field, he's one of the most dangerous runners in the league. Um, so I would rather him have to declare quickly rather than defend that process of three plays when he drops back and that taking, what, eight nine seconds <laughs> potentially to play out and my defense be exhausted. So my suggestion was Nico Ryan to blitz him and, and blitz him. He did. Uh, Lamar Jackson faced a career high 75% blitz rate, <laughs> but he was 13 of 18 against the blitz, 120 yards, two touchdowns. He got rid of the ball uh, more than a second quicker versus the blitz in the second half compared to the first half. First half, you, you actually were starting to, I, I think you started to affect him and impact him and slow his process down, actually, with the blitz because he was looking at the pressure and also trying to process the coverage in the back end. So he was averaging at 3.5 seconds time to throw, which gave you time to get there <laughs> uh, with the blitz. Uh, Christian Linebacker Christian Harris generated a team-high six pressures on 13 pass rushers, the most unblocked pressures by any pass rusher in a game this season. So you were getting to him. Uh, you really were getting to him. And remember, even in the first half, Texans blitzed in the first half 72% of the dropbacks against Lamar Jackson. Uh, they got 10 pressures and got three sacks on those blitzes. So it worked in the first half. Unfortunately, Todd Munkin, Lamar Jackson, that's the reason he's the MVP. And that's the reason their offense is so dangerous. They made the necessary adjustments. And their offense is so malleable. They can, they can just morph into being a power run team whenever they want to <laughs> with a plus one in the running game. Or now they can spread you out. Todd Munkin is an air raid. He's an air raid admirer. So he'll just come out and start running air raid concepts with 
a plus one running back in the backfield to Lamar Jackson or come out in empty set. They they right now they're just probably as dangerous as they've ever been because they finally can morph into both. They still have the power set ability from their time that Greg Roman so they can still break out, you know, twenty one personnel, twenty two personnel, thirteen personnel, um with that Mark Andrews and that injury hurts them a little bit. But they can still come out in power sets, but now they can come out in the spread sets too and be just as lethal and dangerous. And that's what they did uh in the second half. They really made great adjustments to give Lamar Jackson a little bit more time. Quarterback run game uh was a big a part of the uh, the second half script or second half adjustments for the Ravens. So I do I like the game plan. Uh, uh, by D'Amico Ryans. I mean, he had never blitzed on a majority of dropbacks in a game during his three seasons as a defensive play caller. So I always say you got to break tendency to win big games. He did break tendency. And sometimes it just don't. It's just not enough. It just don't work. I mean, they were just that good. Um, if you go look at the Texans defense blitzed five plus on 21 of Lamar Jackson's dropbacks yesterday. Um, 11 plays for 6-plus. They got 11 pressures and 3 sacks out of that. That's good, but most of that came, like I said, in the first half. When it came to the second half, uh, the adjustments were made by Baltimore, and they just ate up the uh, the blitz for the Texans. Didn't matter. So I think the Domingo Ryan's got a little loud scheme, too, and I don't know. Honestly, I don't think he had a counter. I think his counter was, I'm going to gamble with this blitz. However, we make enough plays to give us a lead, and we can hold it. Um, and they, they, they did, and they ran out of fastballs. They ran out of pitches. Yeah, but I <laughs> just, the I mean, at the end of the day, I think the Texans need more dudes. I mean, yeah. you can only scheme so much. And, uh, exactly. Well, they really could have used Tank Dell in that game, could use Noah Brown in that yep. game. Um, you know, there, there's you got to have all your guys, and they didn't. And same time, they didn't run the ball. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're only going to run oh. for 32 yards um, and they're going to run for 200, you're going to lose that game. And, yeah. um, you know, so the, the Texans have work to do. And in the Ravens, I'll give them the, this credit, rather. I mean, they did, they've been building this. They've been building this roster. Um, and, you know, going into the game, it was Lamar Jackson who was taking the, the heat of only one and three in the playoffs and only one playoff win, and can he step up? Well, this roster, his team's really good. I mean, his team is loaded, and he's a huge part of it. They're just when – you, when you allow the fewest points in the league and then you have that offense, you just really can't get off the field. With the MVP? With the MVP. That's, that's why they're prohibitively going to be the favorites over the Chiefs. And I'll probably pick them. They already, they've already beaten the Niners once this year, 33-19, to 19, at yeah. San Francisco on a Monday and night. look at what Mike McDonald, their defensive coordinator, has done to all these McShanahan offenses, whether it be Mike McDaniels or whether it be uh, now it's Bobby Slowick, Shanahan himself. I mean, the only one, Sean McVay was probably the only one that really found a way to score some points against him. And after that, he made some serious adjustments. And you talked about what he did against Ben Johnson. The Detroit Lions, uh, six young, points. Yeah, young phenom at OC. Thirty-eight-six. Mike, Mike McDonald, and I think, and it's, he's doing a lot of stuff that other teams do. I mean, it's they play a lot of pattern match zone coverage, but the pressure packages. I'll, I'll give you a stat for uh, the Ravens because it, the, the pressure packages they put together are unbelievable. So C.J. Stroud, the Ravens. First of all, they blitz C.J. Stroud a lot too. Speaking of blitz, they blitz C.J. Stroud. Um, Sorry, they didn't blitz him. They only blitzed him on nine of his 21 dropbacks in the first half. But for them, it was a high number. That was their second highest rate in a game under Mike McDonald. So they don't blitz a lot. Um, but they ended up, you know, blitzing him. And they were. And this is, this is I think, the, my favorite number for the Ravens. Twelve different pass rushers generated a pressure. Twelve different pass rushers. So Twelve different guys get a pressure. Think about that if you're a C.J. Stroud. They're coming from everywhere. <laughs> They're bringing the pressure packages are so exotic. And they averaged their third quickest time to pressure of the season. 
Um, so they got to him really quickly. It was actually like 2.4 seconds is what he had before somebody was in his face constantly. Remember how much time he had <laughs> last week in that game versus the Browns? So that's that's a big part of it. And you're right, they couldn't run the ball. They need to know, they need they need to overhaul that running back room too. There's a lot of things they got to do, but um, Devin Singletary just was inadequate. Um, he only had he had nine rushes for 22 yards. Uh, he was stuffed on five of his nine carries, either at the line or behind the line. They need the running back room needs also kind of an overhaul for them. Well, and the old line's got to get better now. Remember, yeah. Houston had two of their, you know, scheduled starting offensive linemen on injured reserve, and Kenyon Green yeah. and Titus Howard. Uh, you know, really, I can't count on Kenyon Green at this point, a former first-round pick who hadn't done much in two Wide years. Receiver injuries. Yeah, I mean, that, that's an offense yeah. that'll get better. They'll add it pieces will. to it. They'll add pieces on defense, and you know, they're playing a, an elite team who's probably the best team in all of pro football this year. And it'll be a good year at the Harbaugh House. You could have a national championship and a Super Bowl championship in you one could. season. Yeah, um, the Harbaugh's are trending. They are. They are. No, you're right about that. They are trending. <laughs> uh, one, one last dug before we get up. Uh, Bobby Sloy did break tendency for him. Uh, he ran 11 personnel 70% of the time last night. Um, that's uh, against Cleveland. He's usually around 50%. He, he likes a lot of uh, variety in his personnel groupings. Um, so they went with 11, and a pro- which was strange because they threw a lot of receivers out there with the receiver injuries they've had. They played John Mechie a lot, but he only had, he had zero targets. Like, I don't understand why they, they played him 72% of the time, and yet he had zero targets in that game. So, that's kind of what he's getting at. The passing game was also exposed. They just need weapons on they offense. They do. They need more. And Tank Dell was a huge one before his injury. Yeah. It was such a shame he got hurt on the goal line, trying to block for a goal line run. Hey. Like, what are you doing in there, little guy? Yeah. Get on out of there. Uh, but either got rolled up on got from behind. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he'll be back next year. The lad pieces, I think. They and, miss him. Uh, give Baltimore some credit. Uh, the credit, I think most people will. And this has Mahomes even better than Michael Jordan, guys. At this point of his career, Jordan was Allen. He couldn't get past the Pistons. Yep. Yeah, it took Michael Jordan seven, That's eight right. years to, good uh, point. He to was. go on to his run. He was Josh Allen. It is, I mean, In the, football, you don't have that long, though. That's why when you say six straight AFC championships games, that's factual, but it's, it's every year he started. I mean, how many? I, I know we don't know what could have happened before, but he didn't start the first he year. He doesn't know. He knows. He knows nothing else. He knows nothing else. But there <laughs> is no all, bad year for him. That's all. He, yeah, that's all he knows is going to the AOC title game. This was his first road well, playoff if were, game. If guys. they were to upset Baltimore, he'd be back in the Super Bowl for the fourth time in six years. I just don't see that happening. Not with that wide receiver. I don't core. either. But at the same time, but when if he did, if he went out there and just had to, you know the. This uh, elite performance versus Baltimore and led them to the Super Bowl. Nobody would be shocked because we're like, well, that's he's the, he's the best quarterback in the game for a reason. All right, we'll come back when we do. There's Rod's rant, first of two today. Texan season, a promising season comes to a disappointing end. We'll hear from uh, C.J. Stroud and some of the Texans on that coming back, but just ran into a, a much better team, I believe, in that spot. We'll also get some bullish or BS for the end of the hour. It's a rainy, messy, sloppy Monday morning. Be careful out there, folks. As I say, pack your patience and uh, take your time. You'll get where you need to get, but don't try to rush it. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Best Monday on Hook Em Up with Ian Rod B. Be careful if you're in the 512 or beyond. It is uh, pouring down rain, has been all night long. It will continue to rain most of this day. It's going to be a wet Monday. Uh, oh, yeah. Be careful out there. Recapping the divisional playoff weekend, which was uh, nail-biters across the board outside of the Houston game, and even the Houston-Baltimore game was 10-10 at the half. And 
felt like Texans had a chance to, to play Baltimore into a fourth quarter game, but uh, too much Lamar Jackson, too much Baltimore in that second half, and uh, they are the primitive favorites to get back to the you get to the Super Bowl this year. And then we saw the 49ers on Saturday night. That was, uh, you know, this is we talk about when we get to the combine, everybody freaks out when people talk about small hands, right? They measure the hands, and I was like, well, who cares about hands? If you're a quarterback and you're playing in a rain, small yeah. hands can be a problem. And yeah. Brock Purdy was having a problem gripping the football on Saturday night and uh, finding his accuracy. Then one of his, um, his maybe his top talent, uh, target, Debo Samuel, got hurt early in the game, went out of the game. That's probably more troubling. Than, and I thought, you know, the Cowboys found it out a week previous, but uh, Green Bay is a good young team. Yep. I thought they were schemed up pretty well. I thought they had a, a real good look at that. I thought the settling for two field goals early when they were moving the ball and not, not getting touchdowns. Remember against the Cowboys, they punched those in and uh, scored touchdowns early and really, you know, staggered the Cowboys. The fact that the Niners gave up yards to Jordan Love but then held them to field goals. Well, Niners have a better linebacking core. Yeah, they did better against Aaron Jones. Yeah, so they're a better linebacking core. They're better equipped to be able to defend that power running game um, and the zone blocking scene that Matt LaFleur has there. So I think – I talked about this with the Cowboys earlier. It's not totally their fault. They did draft the linebacker to Marvin Overshone in the third round. They, you know, led Vander Esch. They brought him back because they understood, but they lost both of those guys, and they were exposed uh, because of their lack of linebacker play, and they had to use more sub-packages and DBs, and then teams ran downhill on those DBs because they had more girth and more size than the Cowboys. So it was just a they negative domino effect. Uh, and I think for the Cowboys, that's something they got to focus on. You look at these teams – that are right now left remaining in the postseason, go look at the linebacking core. I mean, that's, it's, an, it's a devalued position. It's not a premium position. But the teams right now who are playing really good football, it, I don't think it's a coincidence that they have the best linebacking cores too, off-ball linebackers. Patrick Queen um, with, the, uh, with the Ravens. I mean, he's one of the best. Roquan Smith with the Ravens, they're great. Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw with the 49ers held the Lions even drafted one in the first round even though it's not a premium position that teams draft in the first round got a lot of criticism for that but I think somebody back there Brad Holmes is a football theorist and saying hey man we need to make sure we solidify this linebacking core with more and more dual threat quarterbacks with more and more RPO games more and more of these running backs how many check downs flare routes swing screens have we seen just to running backs these days running backs becoming more of a big part of the passing game Sarkey's been a, a big fan of using running backs in the past game. You've got to have your linebackers ready to flow. And if they can't, you're in trouble. Yeah, Mask Houston. Uh, yes. Because they exactly. didn't have a good night. I mean, Christian Harris is going to be a good player there, and he made some plays in that game. But uh, the other guys, Denzel Perryman, I think, is a little, little over his head at this point of his career. And, and Blake Cashman's a good player, not a great player. So you're right. I mean, the, the best linebacking cores in the league, I think if you rank them right now, it would be Baltimore 1, San Francisco 2, mm-hmm. Kansas City 3. You might be right as far about as that. you know, best linebacker corps, and they're still playing. Yeah, it's not only reason they're still playing, but it's, it's important in this day it. and age of football. Yeah, and um, you know the Cow- the Cowboys because of their injuries and lack of linebackers, maybe have the worst set of linebackers in the league at this point. They got exposed there, it, it and that's where like Aaron it. Jones. I mean, they're playing DBs because they don't Pretty have enough much. linebackers. Yeah. And, it, and as you said all last week, you know Dan Quinn's going to take the heat. But if you're if you really believe your sixth defensive back is better than any linebacker you have right now because of injuries, that's a problem. That's a problem up to the front office. <laughs> they should have been looking at that, going, guys, we got to bring in some linebackers. 
because it's not like they, when they weren't exposed, you know, several weeks earlier when they played yeah. Buffalo, and Buffalo did the same thing, and they ran the same defense most of the That's night. Exactly right. They should, <laughs> at that point, they should have been thinking, all right, guys, we got to do something about this linebacker issue. Yeah. And I don't think they really ever addressed it. So. Well, and much like uh, Buffalo's kryptonite uh, is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, uh, then uh, the Green Bay Packers' kryptonite are the 49ers. I mean, they that, that one had to hurt because mm. Aaron Rodgers couldn't, couldn't get past after winning that Super Bowl early. Couldn't get past San Francisco time and time again, and now uh, a game would look like it was there. Uh, it was. And, it, for, you know, in the worst cut of all for, for Packers fans, Jordan Love rolling to his right with, you know, all you need is a field goal. All you need is a field goal. Oh, that was, and that was he horrible. throws across his body. All he has to do is throw it out of bounds, live to play another down, oh, um, and, or just dump it off. Instead, he tries to throw across his body. Mm. The cardinal sin of all quarterbacks back across to the middle of the field to awaiting Dre Greenlaw. I don't who, know what he was looking at. I don't either. Because that guy was – it was like three 49ers over there. there. Yeah, two – he saw something quick, and then, boom, the next thing you know, it's uh, three guys And I there. thought he had a player running deep uh, in the Niner, and I forget what receiver it was. And they were – at least they were in one-on-one, and the DB was even with them, which is, in that situation, a bad decision – um, he was rolling right, and the receiver was running right. I thought he should just throw it up there and gave his guy a chance. And they were throwing flags in that game for PIs, too. Yeah, they were. They were throwing PI calls, man. You should have telling you. I'd have thrown it up there. See what happens. That's a young quarterback. I think if an older quarterback would be like, no, nah, I'm just going to throw it up there and well, see if I can get it. it's fair to say Jordan Love made tremendous strides this year from where okay. it started to where it finished. And at the end of the year, he's playing as well as anybody. And he, you know, that game was – you know that, that that team's that you know between Detroit's the favorite in that division now moving forward, but Green Bay's gonna be right there. You're right about that. Yeah, man, that to think about Detroit in that division. Detroit showed a lot of uh, immaturity. I think that's the best way to put it. Because I don't know, I because they had that drive, and I think Collinsworth said it right before he's like, all right, now we'll see. Immaturity they, they or maturity? By, maturity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I agree with a lot you. of maturity. Um, because when they had that, they were up seven. I think it was like the it may have been twelve minutes left in the fourth quarter, something like that. When they they got the ball back and they were up a touchdown, and Collinsworth said he said, "All right, we'll see if they go down the score. Because they go down the score, they can really put this game out of reach." But that you know that that shows you they're gonna, they're a team that's ready, all right, for that stage of playing for a championship. And they did. It went down to score. I think it was a Monroe State Brown touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I could be off about that. But they went out and got up two touchdowns, and that was it. Yep. That was well, all they, that was That's maturity. Yeah, when they went up 31-17 and kind of seized the ball game, they made Tampa chase them from that point on, kind of give up on their run game. And, and it made uh, it interesting. They went yeah, down. Did we you understand it. why Todd Bowles went for two when they scored that touchdown? I don't – I guess you're planning think, to go to, to try to not go to overtime. I didn't get it. Like, yeah, I thought like, um, that kind of slowed some of their mojo a little bit to be bound eight, not seven. I know in the end of the day it didn't matter. I just didn't understand the logic behind that. I'm sure there's a green folder he has somewhere. The <laughs> analytics that are telling Todd Bowles or the offensive staff to go for it. Uh, you're right. I mean, I don't. I'm not that deep into the analytics to tell you exactly why it happened. And I'd probably sound like an idiot if I tried to you know, try to explain it to you. So no, I don't. I don't really know why either. I don't know why that. Why you? I guess I would have understood it if. On. Let's say they, they kick the extra point and then they go back down and score. On the road, I would have under, understood it the second touchdown, right? You get to 31 30 and you I'm don't want to. Yeah. But at this point, now you forced yourself to have to get two points the next time. If you even get back down there, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't love that call at all, but in the end, it didn't matter. And, and the yeah, Lions, um, you know, who would have thought? Well, look, we picked them to win the division and thought they were going to be a better team. And, uh, but, man, to, 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 to in the NFC title game? Be in the NFC title I mean, game? Yes, they've won. The Lions play. There's the Lions since 1957. This is the last time they won an NFL championship. 
they from 1958 to 2022 they had one playoff win, and now they got two in this postseason alone. Well, you know, the, they, they were in the <laughs> NFC Championship game in 1991, and they lost. They had Barry Sanders that year, and they lost to a really good Washington team. That was a that was a Washington team beat them like 38 to six. That's the last time they've been to the NFC Championship game. Before that was the 50s. And, uh, you know, long-suffering Lions fans are, unbelievable. are in love with Dan Campbell. Hey, uh, Ty, can we have uh, Dan Campbell listen to the, Now, this is from Hard Knocks, but this, is, and this now is more relevant because Dan Campbell, of course, former you know, Texas A&M, you know, Aggie, and uh, doing a great job as a leader. Listen to this. This is from, a, from Hard Knocks, but this is what has led to what we saw from Detroit this season and yesterday. I got a plan, I swear to you. All I think about is you guys. That's all I think about, man. That's all I think about is you guys and how I set you up for the best possible, the best possible advantage I can give you to have a season. I swear to you, man. I just need you to trust me. That's all. Just need you to trust me. And now yeah. here they are. Here they and they are. all talk about, all those players talk about what, what a leader he is, how he's, he's the same leader. guy every day, uh, consistent, genuine leader uh, who, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they follow him. They absolutely follow him. And they have the young coordinator in Ben Johnson. They've got the they got Aaron Glenn yeah. coaching the defense. And um, they're a fun team. They really are. And did an absolute, their general manager, Brad Holmes, did an absolute stud job this offseason of filling holes really did. with the draft picks. You know, if, you're, if you feel like you're, you're close – and you have two first-round draft picks, and that came from the Jared Goff trade, by the way, uh, the Matt Stafford trade. Uh, they did a great job of, of using those picks to build this roster, the Panay Sewells of the world at tackle. Um, but, man, to, to grab Jameer Gibbs at 12 after Bijan Robinson was off the board because they felt like they had signed David Montgomery, and now we had this other piece, and now we have a, a, a speed back. And, man, he was a couple shoelace tackles away mm-hmm. yesterday, and that came from house calls. And then he did have the long touchdown run that kind of sealed the deal. Uh, for Jameer Gibbs. But then they took, as you said, the kid Jack Campbell, the linebacker from Iowa. It's working out for him. And, and, it was, and then they took Sam Laporta, the tight end, yeah. in the second round. They, put, they took some players not at premium positions, so they're kind of going anti. They were looking for starting players. They were looking for players right now. Yep. Yeah, so you took running back early, and it's like, people are like, running back? What are you doing? Running back and linebacker? Those aren't premium positions. Yeah, they had 12 and 17, if memory serves, and yeah. they went running back, linebacker, and got criticized for it. They did. Then they took tight end. Yeah. And Sam Laporta. Another position that's not a premium position. Then they position. took Brian Branch, the safety. Who's not a premium pre- position. From Alabama, right? <laughs> right? And they're all starters. They're all productive but players. But they're not premium positions. Who they, cares? Right? Exactly. See? It's, like, it's a plenty ways to skin a cat, man. As long as you're aligned. That's the beauty of what they have going. They're aligned. The owner, well, this, she, well, she made sure she got, the, she got the GM, she got the head coach, and all of their aligned there for the first time in a long time with that organization. Trust somebody who played for that organization. Well, think about it this way. This is kind of where Houston can go now because Houston – because the other thing that they, they didn't have to go premium position because they had the tackles, right? Mm-hmm. They had the best offensive line in the league. They, they, they felt like they had their quarterback, yeah. so they didn't have to go quarterback. They've got him on Ross St. Brown and, and weapons on the outside. They had Aiden Hutchinson. He's their edge. edge rusher, they had so, taken Aiden yeah. Hutchinson, so they felt yeah. like the pass rush was going to be there and they could improve it. Mm-hmm. And they went to get starting quality players that quality had very players. low floors. They knew they could come in, and Jameer Gibbs would be an immediate impact. Hawkinson, uh, yeah. Laporta would be an immediate impact to tight end. They want to, they want to eliminate the bust rates. Yes. They wanted to decrease the bust rate as much as possible. Like, now, nah, man, bringing in guys, yes, he does a premium position, but what's the bust rate on this guy? This guy he could be this, but, you know, what's the floor? 
if he if, if he bottoms out, then we wasted a pick. But what if we bring in guys like you said who have a higher floor? Maybe the ceiling's not as high because it's not a premium position, but they can help us right away. Yeah, and we four, need to win right now. Starters in the first because Jared two. Goff got guys. We got to win right now. Yeah, we got because go. he's our quarterback right now. He ain't on a rookie deal. Well, that's when I say Houston. Houston because they have the tackle, they have the quarterback, they've got we know one great receiver in Nico Collins. They've got the pass rushers. You're right. um, they've got corner Der- Derek Stingley. You know, you can – I don't know if they're there yet, but you've got to get some dogs up front on defense. You've got to get more t- tough in the interior offensive line. So, yeah, you can take a you – know, guard's not a premium position. Center's not a premium, but you could – You can take them. Well, last year they took two centers, so I don't You're think right. they're going there, but they got banged up. And that was smart. They needed them. Yeah, they need them both. Is, <laughs> good, so, good roster construction. Uh, Houston could be on the same trajectory as like Detroit that. when the draft comes around. And they do have a first-round draft pick that's Cleveland's. Uh, coming up. Uh, all right, yeah, good games, man. All of them good. They're all tough and tight, and uh, we now have a Final Four that I think will be good. I think Baltimore is the early favorite over the over the Chiefs, even um, e- even with Patrick Mahomes. And then what's your what's your early feel on the Niners game? That was a scary game I for Niners I fans. I, I, I am scared. I'm not going to lie. I'm scared of the Lions. That's weird to say. I am. Because uh, Brock they Purdy. They play with no fear, don't they? Yeah, Brock Purdy was clutch. Down, I'm glad he was clutch down the stretch. But, man, he had an off game because it's been rain, everything like that. So I get it. But also that Debo Samuel injury, it, it affects it affects Shannon's play calling. He calls plays differently when Debo's not available to him. Um, whether he knows that or not, that's just my observation. So, yeah, if Debo's not available, Brock's not feeling confident. Maybe he is coming off of that performance. He shouldn't be. That I would be a little worried because this team they they have an emotional edge. This Detroit Lions team I, I, that's that's the term I've been using for them all off season long. I mean all uh, postseason long, and I, they they play with that emotional edge. They do, and it's because Dan Campbell coaches like that, and it's also because the fans have now uh, because they haven't ever been in this position like unless they got some fans who've been in like their seventies or something like that, eighties, whatever, way way back when. They don't have any fans who've actually experienced this before. So everybody's riding this high as a city. They are. Like, they've never – nobody's ever experienced this before as a Detroit Lions fan. Been able to win two playoff games in the same postseason. They haven't done that, guys, since the 50s. The 50s. Awesome. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I think that's, that's why they that, – that worries me a little bit. That worries me. Well, and as Texans fans as we are, the Texans are looking to break through a – into the Final Four for the first time as a, as a Houston franchise since 1979. That's the the ceiling the Texans mm-hmm. that Oilers slash Texans fans are dealing yeah. with. I don't know the Oilers are now in Tennessee, but that's been since right 1979 with Bum Phillips since Houston has played this far. Yeah. Cowboys since 1995. Right, the, 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 they and the Washington Commanders now the longest droughts between NFC Championship games appearances in the NFC. Uh, and, of course, Houston, man, it's been a bit. So uh, maybe, maybe. And Detroit gives everybody hope. The, the Lions yes. Give yes, a, they do. If you hire the right people, draft the right people, on, and uh, get a, a leader at the top, exactly which it. Houston feels like they have in D'Amico Ryans, we'll see where they go. All right, we'll come back. The Cowboys still have Mike Mike McCarthy. Hey, Big Mac. Big 12 Mac wins. And Dak. 12 wins, baby. Big Mac and Dak. Big Here we Mac go. Let's roll. Dak. Let's roll. All right, we'll come back. When we do some bullish or BS coming out of the weekend, uh, always fun. We'll get Ty involved as well on a rainy, rainy, messy, sloppy Monday morning. Be careful out there. Hook them up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Final four is set in the NFL. We've got a 20-year-old who stunned the golf world over the weekend, won the event in Palm Springs, California. 20-year-old, sophomore, Alabama, beat them all. 20. Man, 
Bean. And now we're bullish, Rod. We agree he should just go ahead and turn pro, right? He doesn't need to play a collegiate yeah. season at Alabama. No, he's already the He's already the, the amateur champion. Yeah, he you, won the, you can uh, go back and get your degree later on. School will still be there later. Yes, it will. Yes, it <laughs> will. No doubt. You can, you can donate once you get all that big money, too. You can, they'll really love you. They'll give you an honorary degree. Remember, you ain't actually have to go back. They'll give you an honorary degree. You donate enough money back to them. Yeah, Nick, <laughs> and it was kind of cool. Nick Dunlap was playing. Nick Dunlap's his name. He was playing with uh, Justin Thomas yesterday. And Justin Thomas is a Bama guy himself. There you go. And he grew up competing head-to-head with Jordan Spieth when Jordan was mm-hmm. at Texas. And those guys are still uh, good go. friends. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Dunlap had already become the first golfer since Tiger Woods. I think we've heard of him. Tiger, Tiger, Tiger To win Woods, both yo. the U.S. Junior Amateur and the U.S. Amateur. So, meaning as a junior, he won best player in the nation. And then as a player at Alabama, won best player in the nation in college, uh, best college amateur. And now he's the first golfer since Phil Mickelson in 1991 to win an event on tour as an amateur. And he's the youngest to do it at 20 years old since 1910. 1910? Yeah, 113 years. Wow. So how long before we get the announcement that he's turning pro? Today. It's gonna happen right now. They, I mean, it, I would. I mean, you're predicting it's gonna happen today. Well, because like now he's qualified to go play this weekend. I mean, he can. So he, he can, can make just, some money. Yeah, I, I won't be coming back to Tuscaloosa. <laughs> it was pretty cool when he won yesterday. He had to make a nice, you know, about a six foot par putt up the hill. Just nailed it, and uh, because he played with the lead, I mean, he he started the day with the with the lead, so he had to play with that pressure that at 20 fun. years Poor old. Young guy. Yep. With, you know, can he finish it? Was the question, and damned if he didn't. And, and as we said, the, the Bazooden Holt, he gets the first place check, though. I'm bullish on that. That's pretty cool. He didn't have to win the damn thing. He gets first place. Now that, as, as, a, as a good day. He was, I guess he knew they were probably going in to it. Uh, but still, man, that's a pretty nice payday for second place. Yeah, yeah. Second to place. Pretty nice. He's going um, to have to gift something to Mr. Dunlap. That's what I say, man. But I'm a nice Let's watch see. or something because it's a big difference. A nice Rolex, yeah. Money? Yeah, but I'm something, man. Seriously. But it was cool when he won it. He made the putt, and his parents were there. He's got all his brother was there, his friends. They had flown in. They weren't even – I mean, they, they flew in day of. Uh, just, you know, they didn't expect They didn't know. Exactly. <laughs> we didn't expect you to be, to be leading this damn thing. Even his girlfriend showed up. I think his girlfriend, though, Rob, was like the, the, the last person he hugged. So, you know, maybe they're just this started well, dating. I, well, it, it depends on who's there. If mom is there and dad's mom's first there. Up. Mom's first Mom's up. first. I got to get sister in there. I can't, you know. No. So the family's there. It's about the hierarchy of the family. You can't hug girlfriend. You, we see this in the draft all the time, right? In the NFL draft, NBA draft, you know, girlfriend's there, mama's there, dad's there, uncle's there, whatever. Then you see the hierarchy of the, the hug and the celebration once they get drafted. You can't go girlfriend first. No, you got to go mama first. Then there's like, you know, sister, brother, siblings, dad, whatever, and then you – well, the girlfriend and, and, but I don't. Wife. And she was lovely now, she's lady wearing yellow dress. That's different. Yeah, wife is probably first. Wife is yeah, wife is different. And kids, if you got kids, that's first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's different. But those things. But it, you yeah, and he's twenty years old. He's a college sophomore. I don't even know Can't how, even how long they've been dating. Right. That's I mean, true. Might yeah. Be a, kind of a new relationship going on here. Well, was she hot? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> was she amateur hot or pro golf hot? Amateur. She's Twenty. I mean, yeah, she was pretty. Okay. She's All right. Brunette, yes. There you go. But also times she kind of fit your type. Rod. Before here you go. Before you blow up though, you do want the one that was with you when you had nothing, because you know she's with you for the right reasons. Once you become that guy, once he because you see he's going he's a prodigy, he's a phenom, so he's gonna blow up pretty quickly and get all sponsors. He'll probably be worth I don't know ten million dollars by next, this time enough. next season. 
you know, then you're not going to really be able to vet which ones want you for you and which ones just, hey, this is a great lifestyle I'm, leave, I'm living right now. Which ain't nothing wrong with that. You still can have a great relationship that way. But my point is, you want somebody that wanted you if you was broke and down and out without a damn, without a dime. Coming up, uh, bottom yeah. of next hour, we'll be at the turn. We'll get some more golf, including we kind of know, I think, where Tiger Woods is going uh, Tiger, since Tiger, he Tiger dropped Woods out with, since he you know, divorced Nike. He's no longer Nike. We kind of see where Tiger's going now. Mm-hmm. We'll get you that at the turn. What do you have in Bullish or BS, Rod? Uh, there's a report that Chip Kelly's name is being dropped in several NFL circles, um, possibly interested in him as an OC, Offensive not a head coach. coordinator. Okay, this not is head kind coach. of the yeah, this kind of yes. the Cliff King- Kingsbury arc conversation. Yes, not a head coach, but the OC is currently head coach at UCLA, um, but not the head coach, but he's as a offensive coordinator. Are we bullish or BS on this? And the name that's been dropped out there possibly was if Belichick gets the job with the Falcons. And the Falcons have interviewed everybody. They brought man, they, the Falcons. You know what? They are. Remember my theory that you should interview as many candidates as possible and just start stealing information from them yes. and force them to give information. The Falcons may be doing that. They may actually be doing that. It's very possible because they are interviewing more candidates than any other uh, vacancy in the NFL. But are we bullish or BS on Chip Kelly as a possible offensive coordinator candidate in the NFL? Look, I, I don't doubt his offensive acumen and his ability to call plays. I would be interested in Chip Kelly in that role. Because an OC, yeah. Yeah, because the, the word is that Cliff Kingsbury is going to be in demand and he's going to be able to pick his jobs, but only one team can hire him. So if you're looking for a hot shot play caller and uh, you know quarterback developer and run game court, I, mean, I, I think Chip Kelly can do that. I wouldn't want him as my head coach. I think we saw that fail in Philadelphia and in San Francisco. But uh, as, an o, as an OC and an offensive mind, I like it. I do like it. And he's got the NFL experience, too. Yes, he does. And if you have a strong head coach. Uh, so, yeah, I'd be bullish on that. I'd I'm be bullish, bullish on that, too. I actually think that him with those – if he, if Belichick would hire him as the OC and he gets the Atlanta job, a lot of ifs there, if buts, candies, and nuts. But, man, the weapons he would have with Bijan and Kyle Pitts, you know, and a, you know Drake London and a Chip Kelly offense, that might be something uh, interesting hey, in that division. Bullish or BS on this, on the same conversation, coaching carousel. So, Bill Belichick. Uh, we know what agents' jobs are, right? Agents' yeah. jobs are to do, do, do good by your client. We know just last week Jimmy Sexton in, the, in college had a, did a master class in getting Steve Sarkeesian a raise, getting Mike Norvell a raise, who are both his clients, all with the Alabama job being open, right? Nick Saban was a client. Nick Saban steps aside, uses the job to get to, you know Steve Sarkeesian the big raise here at Texas. Mike Norvell gets the big raise. And he also got another one of his clients, Kalen DeBoer, the head coaching job at Alabama. So he, he did the, the triple threat. It's a kingmaker. Kingmaker. But I, it, something smells like an agent here. Because the Falcons, as you just said, have interviewed everybody. everybody. And they've interviewed Bill Belichick twice. Yep. And the word into the weekend was that only the Falcons are talking to Bill Belichick. Now Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, reports that multiple clubs are quietly considering Bill Belichick. Oh. Is that an agent plant to, oh, yeah. to, to kind of push the Falcons? Hey. Can we get this done? We've met twice. Yeah. We've already talked. To, we're, what are we doing now? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we hit kind of a stale uh, st- a stall here. And yeah, so yeah. this would sound like an agent plant to me because yeah. maybe maybe there are multiple clubs. But as of last, like Saturday. It was only one. It was only one. That was Atlanta. And now, according to Florio, there are multiple clubs quietly considering a run at Bill Belichick. Hey, agents, agents working hard behind the scenes. That's your job. Hey. Drum up interest. Well, and, you know, if you're Bill Belichick and whatever the last couple years have been, you've got six rings, seven rings. You're like, what am I doing? They're interviewing this coordinator? Can we just get this done? Do you want me or not? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. I didn't think about that. You're right. That makes sense that the agent's working. I don't even know who his agent is. I don't either. Yeah, <laughs> I got to figure that out. But you're right. 
probably behind the scenes. He's working hey, on it. Hey, were you bullish on the Raiders making it official with Antonio Pierce? Oh, yeah, for them I am. I'm, I'm For the Raiders I am because the players apparently were getting ready to revolt. Like Max Crosby. If they won, didn't hire him. Yeah, he was going to demand a trade. Devontae Adams, uh, the last interim they had re- really did well for him, Rich uh, Basaccia. And, and Antonio Pierce was good in that role, so why not hire the interim this time and see how it works out? Yeah, and reports are bringing Marvin Lewis in, a former Bengals coach, to be a top advisor to him, which oh, got of experience there. Yeah. All right, we'll see. We'll keep it going on uh, Bullish or BS. Your thoughts coming back. Hook him up with Ian Rodby. <laughs> 